I'm Connor. And I'm Campbell. And welcome to Real Geeks, the show where we talk about movies and stuff. Alright guys, so we're back from our, I think, a couple week break. Um, we had a bunch of exams, but we are finally finished. So, we're now able to talk about movies and stuff with you guys once more. Uh, yeah, so we are excited. And today, uh, we will be talking about a movie called The Lighthouse. Yes, so um, if you're a film lover or someone that follows along with film uh, closely, you've probably heard about this movie. It's not, it wasn't, um, for the more casual viewers in terms of like movies and stuff, it, it's, it wasn't a big, a really big like blockbuster or anything like that. Um, but it did get a, some attention when it came out and it's been... Um, a big discussion within like the film community over the past couple of years. Um, but it's directed by Robert Eggers who also directed, um, the witch. Yeah. Which I have not seen, but it's also, uh, another horror movie kind of set in. It, yeah. Uh, it's a period New piece. England. Yeah. New England type thing. It's very similar. Uh, yeah. I could tell. I, I do want to see that now that now that I've watched the lighthouse, I do want to see the witch. Yes. And he has a new one coming out soon too, called the Northman, I think, uh-huh. which also looks pretty interesting. I think it's set in like medieval somewhere, but yeah, that also looks, seems interesting. But yeah, um, this movie came out in 2019. I remember it coming out. I remember watching the trailer a long time ago and it intrigued me, but I never got around to watching it. I think, yeah, Connor, you also, uh, you also were familiar with it, but you just never got around to watching it either. I think we planned on watching it together, but we just, uh, it just didn't work out. But yeah, 2019, there are a lot of really yeah. good movies that came out in 2019. Yeah, we did one of our first couple episodes, if you've been here long enough or you've gone back and watched... I think it was probably. I think it was our third or so episode. I think it was we did the second last, one. Yeah, it was the second one we did. Was uh, us talking about some of our uh, favorite movies from 2019, and obviously at that time we hadn't watched this one yet. I, we. I remember you sent me close to when it came out. You sent me the trailer, and we talked about it. And I've been. I've been wanting to watch it. Um, yeah, we we were planning on watching it in like your movie theater room back a couple years ago. But yeah, back never... when it closer to when it came out before the pandemic. Yeah. But then I think things things changed and then when we got when the podcast started, I think both of us were kind of in the mindset like we were going to save it for the podcast and when we when we got around to it, we'd get around to it. Yeah. Um, just and other fine. stuff came out and other thing and they kind of kind of forgot about it. But we have finally come around to watching it. Um and oh boy, is it yes. an interesting movie. We did talk about Eraserhead, and if you've seen Eraserhead and um, The Lighthouse, you can definitely agree that there are some very similar um, aspects between the two films. Obviously, the most glaring one being um, that they're both in black and white. Um, I think... It's really it's weird. A, it gives off a very fever dreamish kind of um, feeling. We'll, mm-hmm. Once again, we're doing the non-spoiler section, so we're going to try to do our best to talk about it without giving away too much. But it's very strange and unsettling at times. And, um, yeah, it's, it's about... It's, so, basically, it's about these two lighthouse keepers. And one of them's... Uh, played, uh, one's played by Willem Dafoe, who's like... The, and he plays, like, the older 
mm-hmm. veteran um, lighthouse keeper, and then the yeah. other lighthouse keeper is played by um, Robert Pattinson, um, who plays like the new rookie. Uh, yeah, like on the on the island, who's being like almost like an apprentice to Willem Dafoe's character. Um, and it's literally and... just them for the entire movie. Yes, um, and, it's and it's the same same place. There's not there's no like setting changes or anything like that. So, and it does sound boring. It's these two guys, you know, on an island the entire movie just talking, but it gets pretty intense. I'll tell you that. There is some good. It's very, it's very interesting. So I, yeah. I'll just, we'll leave it at that. Before, uh, I, before we move on to spoilers, though, you yeah. mentioned Eraserhead. Um, I do think Eraserhead is probably a little more bizarre. Definitely. Than, um, than the Lighthouse. Lighthouse is very. It's. Not super straightforward, but it's a lot more easier to follow in terms of like the actual story over Eraserhead. Um, but they are both, I guess, kind of. I, I mean, would the, you call either a horror? Eraserhead's more more niche. Yeah, Eraserhead's definitely more uh, harder to get into. I think Lighthouse, anyone could easily, because I think Eraserhead. Um, if you're not like on board, I think you're just gonna be weirded out and you won't want to watch it. But I think yes. this one, anyone can really, kind of, uh, get into. I think it's a lot easier. Um, yes. So yeah. So if you if you haven't watched either of them, and you're like a m- more casual movie person, I would definitely recommend um, the Lighthouse. Yeah, I will say. It's not for the faint of heart. I don't think either movies are for yes, the faint no, of heart. Yes, no, it's it's neither of them are by any means like yeah. super casual Friday night movie. I don't know if it, I'd call would you call either of them a horror movie? No, they're definitely both th- in the more of the th- the thriller um kind of I don't even know drama category. Eh. Maybe like psychological thriller. They're both yeah, yeah, psychological yeah. movies, I think. Um but yeah, the Lighthouse uh, it's an interesting movie. I think, I guess we both agree that if you're interested, uh, you should go and watch it. Yes, I, I would look up the tra- Go ahead and look up the trailer and and all that. I, I I it's hard for us to explain exactly. Like, give a good overview without talking too much about it. But it's 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 very interesting. It's got great um the cinemato- cinematography's night great. The sound design's great. I I think um. What do you what do you call it? Um, technically, it's very appealing. Yeah, it, it's a really good looking movie. The yeah black and white visuals are really cool. Another another interesting thing is that it's filmed in a, a different aspect ratio. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's like a square, uh, one nineteen to one or I don't know. Like don't know like the old but, like the yeah, old. It feels like an it feels like an older movie. Um, the way they shot it with the aspect ratio, I think it was shot on like 35 millimeter film. Um, yes. And yeah, it's in black and white, so it it evokes uh, that that feeling of an older movie. Um, I think it's set in like the 18 the late 1800s, 1890s. Yeah, so kind of the turn of the century, that sort of uh, feeling. So I guess it's not as much as a period piece as The Witch, I'd say, but it the atmosphere is very heavily. Um, there's a very heavy atmosphere, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're interested, I would definitely recommend checking out the trailer, um, and giving it a watch. It's on Amazon Prime, if you haven't seen it. Um, 
which is good because oh. a lot of the, some some of the movies we see you can't really get to without owning it or renting it. But this one, if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of people do, you can watch it with your subscription. So, oh yeah, Connor mentioned you mentioned to me how you watch this at night, and yes. I guess you, you would recommend that. Yes, I would recommend that. Just like Eraserhead, I feel like this movie is a lot more enjoyable um, at night. Um, yeah. With it, maybe even by yourself. Um, I was just I watched it with my dad, but it was like we watched it and it was dark, and I th- I think we ended up finishing it at like midnight last night. Yeah. Um, and I will say, going upstairs to go to bed after everybody had gone to sleep and all the lights were off was a little unsettling. <laughs> um, for some reason, I, I I don't usually do this, but I wasn't paying attention, and I was going out. I was leaving the bathroom. Um, after I took a shower, and I, I I accidentally turned the lights off before I opened the door. So for like a solid two seconds, I was like stuck in the bathroom with all the lights off, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Dang. But if you watch, you'll get why that was a little um, unsettling for me. But it, it, it's very, it's it's good, and I would recommend watching it in, in at night. Um, it's good. So if you haven't watched it, go. I, we definitely recommend checking it out. All right. So we are gonna move into spoilers. So at this point, you either don't care or you just want to hear us talk. So either one is cool. All right. Ah, there's a lot to unpack with this interesting movie. Okay. Uh, so I say we just go down the line. Um because well, I made notes. Okay. So the first thing that stood out to me was the sound design and um I guess you could say music. Even though yeah, there isn't a whole lot of it, there's like a tune kind of in the background at some points. Yeah, there's I think kind of a uh... Similar to Eraserhead, there's like a white noise, all pervading, yeah, like atmospheric white noise that kind of just uh, is there constantly. Um, the sound design, yeah, that's another similarity to Eraserhead because David Lynch is all into uh, designing the sound and, and like kind of uh, designing that environment or atmosphere. And this film, especially with like you know the waves and then the foghorn, that foghorn is where it blows like every like two minutes. You always hear that foghorn. Yes. Um, so yeah, the sound design is really interesting. I agree. Yeah, and you did talk about. Then my next note was the the horn in the background. Um, I think it, it was. It's like an. It's like a. It's very. It reminds me again to go back to Eraserhead. We'll be doing that a lot today. Um, when he's going through the factory, and you can hear like the machines in the background, and like there, you, there's like, it's it's not like a. It doesn't feel entirely real. Like yeah, it almost kind of... seems um supernatural. The sounds and all that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't it, it even though you know they're on like just out in the ocean on this island, it almost feels like they're in a different like dimension, dimension or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh and I think that's the, they're going for with that sort of a uh, supernatural uh, especially with like the whole I guess I guess we'll get to this later, but um, the whole thing about the light—that's also a big yes. mystery about the movie that they and never. Like, yeah, and I think at all time, I think another important thing to notice is that like all time at all times you can't really see too far beyond the island. Mm-hmm. Like it's all it, during the day; it's 
most of the, during the most of the time during the day it's foggy and then at night obviously it's like pitch blackout so it's like it, it's hard it, it, it kind of feels self-contained like they're kind of just here it's all yeah it's almost like we're watching like we're watching or like it's almost like they're in a bubble or something yeah and i think that helps to like bring out i think the purpose of that was to make it feel very claustrophobic yes. especially with the aspect ratio that kind of closes them in and then the fact that it's set on this one island. Um, it very much feels like uh, we're kind of trapped, and it's that feeling of claustrophobia that I think yeah. he's going for. And and that's that. Once again, that goes back to the witch because a common theme in both movies. I haven't seen the witch because I've seen because I, I saw like posters and stuff for it, mm-hmm. and it always seemed so like creepy to me, like stuff with like sacrificing and and ghosts and like. Um, like stuff like that. Like I'm not entirely against it, but that's like we like possession. That stuff's like weird to me. Um, it's like this, like the Salem. I think does it have anything to do with the Salem witch trials? Because I feel like I it's think that. It, it it's it takes place like colonial times in New England, I believe. Yeah. So, so like that kind of uh, that Protestant like that guess the dark side of that with the the witches and the sacrifices. I guess. Yeah. And but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, sorry. Um, I think that the, one of the big similarities I had, as I was reading, he was trying to go for like a theme of like isolation Mm -hmm. and, um, because in both movies, you kind of just follow from what I was reading without spoiling the other movie. There's like usually just a couple characters and sometimes there's only one on screen for a majority of the time. Um, so it's very like. It's not a big, uh, there's not a big cast. There's not a lot of extras and all that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of, everything's just focused on just a couple people. And it, and there's that kind of, that's theme of like isolation. Like I think in the witch, somebody gets like lost in the woods mm-hmm. and, or something like that. And they're alone for a while. And it's a similar kind of theme to the lighthouse, which I thought was important to mention. Yeah, that is interesting um how it's basically it's literally just these two guys the entire time um and that really helps to kind of draw out that uh that feeling of loneliness and then also it makes sense why they're kind of in the end driven to madness because they're literally uh around each other 24 7 so yes and it does get pretty weird i will say (laughs) their relationship Um, is a little strange yeah so (laughs) He so okay so he, I guess it begins. Um, he comes to the island, um, and he he's kind of bossed around by the other dude, the the younger one. Robert Pattinson's character is bossed around by Willem Dafoe's like veteran lighthouse keeper guy, and he basically just makes him do a bunch of chores. And I will say like, it must have been pretty miserable to film all that because the stuff they make him do, like he has to, like do stuff in the rain and like haul these like heavy barrels up the stairs and everything and he gets yeah, I, I was wondering at times like how i wonder how much of this was filmed like on a set and how much of this was filmed like because sometimes it's hard to tell i think most you know of I mean? it was actually on location i think they did it in like nova scotia or something huh because it, it's at times it almost looks again back to that like weird like that feeling of um 
like they're in another dimension and you can't really see anything past. Like there were times when um, it looked like it could have been a set because there was like nothing out in the distance. Like there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of depth to the, some of the yeah. scenes. Like it was just contained in a certain area. Kind of like watching so, like a, a stage play or you yes, remember, yes. like a tableau kind of like where it's a, y yes. Yeah. Contained kind of scene. I can't so see like that. It didn't, I wasn't sure exactly what was on a set and what was on. Cause I mean, they could have edited things that was on a set to make like darkened up the edges of the frame to make it look um, more realistic. And uh, like, I, I was, I wasn't sure. I mean, if some of it was on the set, they did a pretty good job, but I'm not sure exactly what was on location and on set. Yeah. Apparently they, they did construct an actual lighthouse um, set and then they filmed in both a park and inside like an airport hangar. So I guess it was it was a mix of both like uh, sets. But and none of it was locations. actually on like an island. Um, it says no filming took place in Cape Fortu, which is a fishing island in southern Nova Scotia. Um, but they didn't oh, have okay. a lighthouse there. So I think the actual lighthouse was a set. But then like the outdoor scenes were actually on some sort of island gotcha. or something like that. All right. I, I, before we get into like the specifics of the like plot and the movie and the characters i was just i wanted to keep talking about like um just so we could have some direction talk about like more of the technical things maybe yeah um the editing i think we both made note of um you can since i talked about the what do you call it the last big thing you if you want to say something about the editing because you made note of that um i actually didn't know i think I didn't notice anything in particular about the editing. I mean, there are a lot of kind of quick cuts during like the surprising scenes where uh, it, it cuts between a lot of like uh, kind of like ocean imagery and things like that. Uh, but yeah. in general, I think it was relatively static um, to kind of yeah. show kind of like that mundane. But again, like the pacing, I never found the pacing to be an issue. Like there is not a lot of things happening in, in, in a particular scene but it flowed very well like there weren't any moments where i was just bored because i think that yes. i guess with the editing and the pacing i think it was right on uh with like keeping the audience or keeping me kind of entertained and like on the edge of my or not on the edge of my seat but i guess engaged throughout it was a engaged. very engaging yes. movie. it was a very yeah a very engaging movie i don't think and i think with the racer head um i don't know maybe the editing is a little less engaging but i i, I feel like this movie is a lot easier to pay attention um, and uh, easier for people to just kind of follow, uh, I think, yes. with the editing. I, I, that was the main reason I took note of it as well is because I feel like there were a lot of times when, I don't know, it was just like I said, I, I, for lack of a better word, engaging. I, I just feel like at all times. I think times, that's a good word. Um, I'm just saying I'm reusing your words. I was trying to come up with another word, but I guess that is the best one. Um there was a, I always felt um, like there was something to see, something to like. There was always something going on, mm -hmm. um, almost like a good book. You don't want to stop reading. Yeah. Um, I it de and it definitely gave off like a um, novel uh, kind of feel. Like it almost it felt like a book. Like it felt like 
yeah sort of like a storybook like we were watching or like i mean like a like a uh like an old sea tale or nautical tale or something kind of like we're watching that unfold or um, or even even more I, I was even thinking like who was that guy we read about in english um i don't know like i i like early 20th century um like i feel like a like a novel like i feel i, I don't even know how to describe it like a like, like an like a surrealist Edgar, novel or like an edgar Allan poe uh poem something like, that. like yeah 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 like, like, yeah, he, like he, remember annabelle lee yeah sort yeah something sort of like that because there there is yeah <laughs> it, it, it's like which sounds stupid because it's like yeah, it oh, does, well, yeah. obviously all it all everything all the movies start with some sort of written literary like medium but it felt like it was not just based on like a script like it didn't seem like it was made to be a movie it felt like which is not a bad thing it just it felt very um literary or, or mythological almost i think it's yes mythological i think that's the word um there's a lot of uh mythological imagery um, symbol there's a lot of symbolism a lot and, of symbolism and, of course, and stuff like that and just the way it plays out the way and specifically the way it ends it's very um structured or it, it, it seems very much like a myth uh and I think that's also what he's kind of going for. But yeah, I agree with you. Where it doesn't feel like um, it's like a, oh, a that's street... what it is. Sorry, I, I'm always interrupting you. Keep going. Oh, yeah, you can go. You can go. Um, I just I just get thoughts, and I don't want to I don't want to lose them. Um, like it, a lot of times in movies, there's multiple characters doing multiple different things at the same time. Yeah. When this is very, but this is very linear. Yes. And I feel like could definitely be translated into a book from the perspective of the main guy. Like it follows just this main guy. I mean, it just follows Robert Pattinson's character in a linear fashion. Uh, it's got clear structure. Like it, it would fit well as a movie, as opposed to something like, um, like Endgame or something. <laughs> like yeah, something end, with Endgame where it has it. This doesn't have that many uh, structural like plot layers and stuff like that, like different things going on at the same time. And like, this could easily be, be told in a narrative fashion. Like, yeah. So like a fable or myth where there's a very clear, uh, it's a, like you said, linear and fables are very, are told in a very linear fashion. You know, you have the, the you set up with characters, you have like the situation and then you have like the moral at the end. So yes. yeah, I do agree. Yeah. That's, we, we finally put a finger on it. So it's kind of set up like a, a myth or a fable or, a poem just a narrative literature kind of piece yeah i agree with that all right so now that we got figured that out <laughs> um i think one of the last technical things we could talk about would be the um cinematography yeah i guess we kind of not... talked to, we talked about it a little bit um but in terms of like camera angles and Very interesting angles and yes a lot of interesting compositions um because again, I think the the square aspect ratio kind of makes every uh, frame kind of look like a painting almost. Or uh, I don't know, they, they they have layers and they're very meticulously framed, almost sort of like a Wes Anderson movie almost. Um, like I feel like any of the frames from this movie could have been like an intentionally taken photograph. Especially that one scene in the beginning where um, where you first see the two guys and they're kind of just staring at the Standing. camera. It feels like a portrait, like a, a like a portrait taken from that time yes. period, of the of like two random lighthouse keepers. Yes. So yeah, 
and I think that adds to like the kind of the atmosphere. Uh, the eight, late eighteen nine or is it eighteen nineties? Yeah, the eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. late eighteen hundreds. So that sort of feel. But yeah, it does feel like they they feel like old photographs almost, and I think that's pretty and cool. I, yes, I, one of the b- frames I went go back to is there's one where he's first pushing the wheelbarrow through like across the island, and you kind of get a glimpse of the whole island and the storm in the background and everything. And he's just a tiny, like not a speck, but he's a small figure down at the bottom and you see the house the house and everything like that and it's just it's framed very well the whole thing is and he kind of just pans across the frame um yeah there are a lot of layers to the each of the um almost like a almost like i have this almost yeah i was gonna say something similar to that i had i have this um i spy treasure hunt book from when i was little and i remember this there was a lighthouse um page mm. that that had, there was a storm in the background and there was like it was really dark and it wasn't in black and white but it was very similar kind of like composition to this yeah the compositions are really cool so yeah i think in terms of cinematography um the cuts and stuff like that are and, and the pacing like we said earlier is pretty basic i mean not ba- well it's pretty simple like there's nothing too crazy obviously it like speeds up when there's something tense going on slows down when there isn't but i think the biggest thing is like the framing and the like composition of all the different frames um of the movie um but yeah so i think technically this is a very very good looking film and i think you said that um as far as far as pacing and editing goes i I think they're they're good. They're so good to the point where we don't even notice them. So that's why yes. we don't really have much to say about them because there's nothing like crazy they, unique. It's just they're doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So they kind of go to the like the story goes to the forefront, and because they're so well done, you don't like notice any peculiarities about them. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we can go into like I guess we finished our technical kind of uh, discussion. So yes. I guess we can go into like the story. Uh, interesting story. Yeah, so again, I think I um even when it first came out, uh, this movie's loosely based on accounts of like from like two Welsh lighthouse keepers. Mm. I heard, um, so I was ex- wasn't expect I was expecting it to be um, like realistic. <laughs> well, I, I not just realistic. I was expecting it to take place there too, um, but he he completely changed like the setting too. Um, yeah, it's somewhere in the United States. Yeah, I think off of the coast of, um, also off the coast of New England. Okay, yeah, New England, because I, I think that's where he's from. So a lot of his movies are yes. based around that area. Myths of like the New England area is what his theme is at this point. Yeah, so he had, I guess, for the witch, it was like the the witch trials, that sort yes. of, and then for here, it's like mermaids and uh, curses and things like that. Um, yes. Yeah. Um. Were we talk- oh, so so the story. So that's like where the basis is in the story, and obviously we talked about in the non-spoiler section. Um, you've got the rookie and the veteran lighthouse keeper, and them kind of going back and forth at the beginning. And for a while, probably for at least the first thirty minutes, it's, it's not too out of sorts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's relatively normal. He's just bossing him around, and he's getting annoyed, but they they manage i guess 
it what it when it really takes a turn for the worse is when he completely like hulks that seagull. Oh yeah, the, the, he he like uh like bashes it like five yeah, times. Yeah, that was very wall. that was like very intense. I think, um, and they make a point where the Robert er, Willem Dafoe tells the younger man Robert Pattinson. He says, "I guess it's a bad omen." Uh, Bad luck to kill a seagull because they're the they house like the spirits of dead sailors. Yes, um, and I guess Robert Pattinson doesn't care and he just completely <laughs> demolishes this poor seagull. Um, and then yeah, bad things starts happening. Yes, that was like the turning point of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. There were so many, and he also started. He also was having dreams before that too. Yeah, he, he so things start like he starts to have omens and he sees weird things, but they're never like they don't really impact actualize. Yeah, after he murders the sea, poor seagull, things start unraveling. But yeah, the he storm does, kicks up all that stuff. Yeah, he, the the big storm occurs, and I think that I guess the overall the overall uh, I guess direction is kind of their descent into madness. So that's mm-hmm. a, sort of like the inciting incident that causes them to slowly go farther and farther uh, into madness. Yes. Another common... Um... The drinking. Like, constantly. Oh, actually, no. The first... At first, the main guy, Robert Pattinson's younger sailor... Or he doesn't want housekeeper, to. He doesn't want to, but then... Uh, and his last day, he's like the the older guy's like, okay, you should drink because it's like your last your last day here, so you might as well. And then that kind of just ruins him for the rest of the time. Yes, because you get to the you get um uh, you get to that last day, and I'm trying to think like what happened before the. Do you remember uh, Willem Dafoe's like he almost has like a soliloquy. Yeah. And that was... I'm trying to get a timeline here. When was... That was like... That was after he's like... He was like really drunk. When... when That was when... Um, Robert Pattinson's character was like really drunk. And saying he didn't like his food. His lobster. But when... I'm trying to remember. That was like after yeah. he killed the seagull and everything. And was that after they realized that they... The people weren't coming? Well, what's interesting is that... They make it a point to where you don't understand the the passage of time because remember he uh, there's the day that he's supposed to leave and they get really drunk and then the next day um, Willem Dafoe tells Robert Pattinson that they've like missed it for like a few weeks but he but Robert Pattinson thinks it's just been one day so after that point oh I don't really that. oh yeah so like, he I think Robert Pattinson's like where's the boat like they were supposed to take us off. And then Willem Dafoe is like, we missed it. Like it was been four weeks or something like that. So from that point onward, there's they don't understand. Like the passage of time is not objective. Like oh, they're very. I didn't, even, I didn't even notice. I thought he was saying that, like he realized it had been longer than they thought. No, I think he's just his his descent into madness is messing with his perception of time. So then it, it all feels just like kind of like a daze to him. And I think that's kind of how the movie is structured because it's kind of hard to differentiate the different events in the movie because they all kind of end up feeling like one big daze. Yeah, I was just of. trying to remember if it, like him screaming at him was like after that point in the movie or not. I think it was. I think it was after. 
Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, but yeah, there. I I go back and I think I remember that. I think this is one of his dreams, and he sees Willem Dafoe's character in the lighthouse, and he turns into like an octopus. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another one where oh, and he's oh the first day though like within the first ten minutes of the movie he finds that um, mermaid figurine. Yeah. The mermaid figurine, yeah, and then he sees the actual mermaid, and he sees it in the dream at first, because there was that first dream he had where he's walking down the um, beach, and he sees like all the logs floating in, and then there's a body, and then he As... goes on, he goes in to the water, and then there's the, I guess you could call, they're more si- I, I guess the word the sirens, yeah, and because they're like a myth, the mythological creatures that like they lure the sailors in and they kill them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, siren. You're right. Kind of like on Starbucks, the the siren on the Starbucks logo. All right, I'm Connor, um, <laughs> and you wasted the. La- I'm just. Um, but yeah, I I think there were times where I was like, okay, is this is this actually happening, or is this another one of his dreams? Because again, with the time thing, it's hard to tell whether he's like gone to bed or if he's still up or like, you know what I'm saying? Like a racer head where you don't really know. Well, I mean, I guess a racer head could all be a dream, but you don't, you can't really differentiate between like what's, what's actually happening and then what's just in his head and then what's. Yes. Yeah. So it Cause is. Because uh... sometimes like stuff happens that looks like that's obviously not normal. Like you see the mermaid, the, the octopeter, Willem Dafoe's character turns into an octopus, all that stuff. And then and, next day he's just like, and then it just cuts back to normal stuff. So yeah, like you don't know whether that was like a dream or if it was um, hallucination he actually had or a hallucination. Yeah. So, I think um, I'm trying to think. There's so much. Another interesting thing is the the theme of farting power. Oh. Oh yeah, fart. Oh, yeah, there are a bunch of fart jokes because. Willem Dafoe just it's not even a fart a joke. It's just he Willem Dafoe's character just farts like five times in the movie, which is five times too many for a movie like this. It's it's funny. And at the I, end, I at the end of the movie, <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson's. We always say Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe's character because they're both also, have the exact same name. Yeah, he lies about his name. He says his name's one thing, and then he just reveals his name's Thomas, and both of them are named Thomas. But I guess we'll call them by their. Why? Wake and Wake and Howard. Yeah, but then he goes by Ephraim Ephraim uh Win Winslow? Ephraim Winslow. But Winslow was the guy that was in the that he What do you call it? That Winslow, he didn't save. Yeah, he's the one that he like he kind of just let die. So basically the, the backstory is that Robert Pattinson, um his real name is Thomas uh what was it? H- Howard. Thomas Howard. And he worked for like a logging company and then he had his coworker or his boss or something, um, there was an accident and he could have prevented it, but he just didn't prevent it. So he's kind of guilty of murder, kind of. And then he like just on, assumed on the move. Yeah, and he kind of assumed his name. Um, so he lied to Willem Dafoe's character, whose name is Thomas Wake. So I guess we call him Thomas and, uh, or I was Thomas... just calling him Howard and Wake. Howard and Wake. Okay. So yeah. So Howard basically lied to Thomas for the first. I think they they reveal it like the end of the movie. So, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So like as you're watching it, you don't really know their names clearly because there's like so much 
confusion on like who's lying and who's saying what and like some at some for a while they don't even like talk about their names specifically yeah he i I think he doesn't even tell him his name until like halfway through the movie yeah like i I think he was like oh yeah it's been two weeks i think you should call me by my name or whatever because up until that point he just calls him like um dog yeah dog dog and sir yeah 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 yeah. Um, and that is that is Sorry, I was just going on. You can go. You're good. So, like, their power, their dynamic, and their relationship, I guess, is also an important part because, obviously, at first, uh, uh, Wake is bo- uh, is bossing uh, Thomas Howard around, and he's, like, calling him dog. He's like, sweep the floors, do this, do this, and then he's kind of a jerk. And then he starts, uh, uh, Thomas Wake, who is Willem Dafoe, he starts coming like more unhinged, and then they both start coming more unhinged, and then at the end, um, Robert Pattinson or Tom, sorry, uh, Howard. Ooh, I, we've been saying Robert Pattinson's character and Willem Dafoe's character all this might time. As well just, might as well keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. So Robert Pattinson then becomes like the he achieves power over uh, Willem Dafoe's character, and then there's that one scene where he like makes him walk like a dog. He beats him up, and then he makes him like walk like a dog. That was very weird. It was weird. Um, so like it almost shows like how... a, there was like a, I don't know. It was like, I don't know why he would do that. And I don't know why the other guy would kind of just went along with it. Again, they were like losing their minds at this point. So you can't rationalize anything that they're doing after a certain point in this movie. They go, yeah, because they go, many scenes, they go from like, they're just sitting around. Then they get in like a really big argument and start like screaming at each other. And then they're and, like, dancing. Fighting. And then they're dancing and like being really like intimate and just like close with each other. And they almost kiss at one point too. They, they almost kiss and then they like break out in like a fight. And then he <laughs> yeah, tries to like yeah. beat him up. So like it's again, it's showing like their descent into madness and how they're kind of just. They're like become... delirious. Yeah. To the point where it's like really weird. Um, and I think um, that last fight is really crazy too. Because you've got like they're. Uh, what's it, Robert Pattinson's character is like hallucinating and seeing him as like that, like water creature, and when he's choking him, he like sees tentacles. Yeah, um, he sees the mermaid, and then he sees. I looked this up. He the per. Remember, there's like the the guy, but he just like that random dude that he sees. That was that was Winslow. Yeah, I didn't I didn't make that connection, but yeah, that was his. Oh, co- yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't make that connection, but yeah. So he sees him. So he's, um, and then at the end, he just sees. Uh, Willem Dafoe, and then he realized he basically just, like, killed him. Or he incapacitated him. So, it is interesting. Um, yeah, so, I, I think we could, you want to talk about, like, the mermaid kind of plot? Yeah, so, huh, so I think... It starts off with the figurine. Yeah, he thinks, so he finds, and this also ties in with the last, um, the the last uh, assistant that Willem Dafoe hired, uh, yes. who I guess had that figurines. And what Robert Pattinson comes to figure out is that he thinks that Willem Dafoe, uh, the the figurines kind of like cursed and kind of yes. keeps him under Willem Dafoe's control. But then he like he like destroys the figurine, uh, and then he thinks he's like free. Uh, which I don't know. I, I that didn't really make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. If that's super important, but well, I feel like again it goes back to the the first thing is he has this figurine, and then 
he has the dream about the mermaid under the water. And then there's that part where he's got the wheelbarrow and he's going along the shore. And then there's the siren on the beach, like in the rocks. Yeah. And then it's like screaming and he like runs away and like runs back into the house. And I think at this point that he hasn't like started losing his mind, like things aren't crazy at that point. So I guess like superstition and um, kind of like myths, like sea tales, I guess that that kind of ties in with uh, his belief that he's kind of being controlled by the figurine and Did like you, how the mer. Uh, you cut out for a second, so I, yeah, like... you cut out. You cut out for like a good solid thirty seconds too. So what did what was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, I don't remember. Something about the the mermaid. Yeah, so he saw the siren on the beach, and he comes running back to the to like the house. That was all I said. And then I was waiting for you to say something, and you cut out. Okay, yeah. So I think it also ties in. I, I think superstition and, like, kind of mythology. I, I found it interesting because he's all about these superstitions and then he's talking about his old par Willem Dafoe's character. He's talking about his old assistant and he's saying that he kind of drove himself into insanity and then like died. And I found that a little suspicious because yeah. kind of like, sus. Because here's a guy that's like talking about superstitions and won't even is like um talking to him about not killing the seagulls and all, and talking about all these um like myth, myth, mythological things and then it's quick to like um put uh brush aside um what his assistant was allegedly like seeing and then robert pattinson finds like his body in like a his head in the his crab, head in the, uh, in the cage thing yeah the crowd so maybe uh, hmm. Maybe he was murdered. I guess it's a possibility. I think that I thought that was pretty clear. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I, it could be open ended, I guess. Um, Another interesting thing is the the lighthouse itself. Um, they make it pretty clear early on that he has or Willem Dafoe has like a weird attachment to the light to the actual light of the lighthouse. Yes. He's like possesses of it. He's possessive of it. He doesn't let. He he calls it like. He dresses that she, and then he like kind of, or addresses addresses it kind of like his wife. So it's already a weird thing, and then he doesn't let Robert Pattinson anywhere near it. Um, and I guess Robert Pattinson is also somewhat drawn towards it, but he's kind of blocked by, uh, Willem Dafoe. Which again goes back to when they start to go crazy and turn on each other, things get. Uh, beans get spilled. Oh yeah! Don't spill the beans. And you—he uh, spilled his beans, and stuff starts to um, 
un, unwind and he's at this point they start turning on each other because Robert Pattinson has character has grown this sort of resentment to Willem Dafoe's character about um, not shit letting him um, at first it was a simple thing of why won't you let me operate it to like I need to I need to see the light and experience this like he's like obsessed um, with it yeah like you're like you're keeping me from this and I need to ex experience it and to the point where obviously at the end he turns him he like throw he buries him alive steals the key and then goes up and um sees it for himself now what now what do you think happened up there it This is yeah. This is an interesting part of the movie. I didn't expect this. So he, he goes up to the light. So he kills the other guy. Goes up to the lighthouse. Um, goes into the light. The light opens very mysteriously. Um, and then he kind of it has stop, this, It stops and opens. It stop. Yeah, it stops and opens like very kind of surreal. Um, there's obviously something supernatural going on. Uh, but then he starts. You only see. You never see what uh what's happening. You only see Robert Pattinson's Him. reaction towards it. Yes. But it seems like he's either in like extreme pain or like extreme like joy. It's a very weird mixture between the two. But he like lets out this like bellowing scream and it's all distorted and everything. Kind of reminded me of like a David Lynch thing. Uh, but he starts like his mouth opens really wide and, he, and there's these like distorted screaming. And it's like a mixture of pleasure and pain. And then he falls down and dies. Well, he doesn't die. Oh well, yeah, he he falls down and then gets uh his guts eaten out by seagulls. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. That's what yeah. So it isn't um, yeah, and I don't I don't know what it means. I think I I th and I think this is like the central this is the main idea of the of the movie, but I don't even know what the main idea means. It it has to do something with um curiosity guess, killed the cat. <laughs> maybe like desire for power because he's um I guess Willem Dafoe uh, originally has that is in the position of power and he has access to the light and then eventually I guess Robert Pattinson is able to advance and make it to the light but then it it was too much that it killed him uh but yeah it, it's an interesting probably one the most interesting part of the movie that I don't and it's left open-ended so there's not like a real a definitive interpretation of it I guess yeah what do you think um I don't know, like, I feel like there's definitely, like, an ethereal kind of quality to the light. Um, and I think it has to do with, like, there are certain things that we cannot... Um, Should not be able to kind of understand. Yeah. And, like, again, I think... I, it go, I think it goes back to the Ark of the Covenant with, yeah, like, so where Indiana Jones. Yeah, where it's kind of a... It's like the closest thing to God, or I guess the Ark contained like the essence of God. So it was just like man wasn't supposed to be able to. It was too much. So yeah, kind of like at the end of Raiders, where like they open it and it kills them all. Yes. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah. There's somewhat of a parallel. I there. got that kind of like parallel going on um, when I saw it at first. Um, it was really crazy because he's like screaming and you can hear like the mic popping because he's like yelling so loud. Yeah. It's like all distorted. Yes, I thought that was really weird. Um, I don't. Yeah, and then and then there's that one part before that where you think it, where 
because uh, I remember when he buried him, he was. I was like, "How is he dead? Like he's not dead." Oh yeah, yeah. And then and he, he goes back, and then he comes. He has the axe and hits him in the arm with it, and then, um, but he doesn't doesn't get him, and then Robert Pattinson's character kills him. And like their their house, or first of all, he's like completely disheveled and like all bloody and like mess like messed up. His whole face is like covered in blood after he kills the other guy. I think he like drank a bunch of gasoline too. But like yeah, no, think, yeah, he gets yeah. So like the way they look and then like the the condition of the lighthouse, I think is also kind of representative of their mental states because at first he's very like he's like scrub all the floors and make sure everything's clean, and then eventually like the it starts leaking and then water starts flooding in. There's just a bunch of like water and junk on the ground and they like vomit and everything so it's just i guess kind yes. of also yeah it's also a, a symbol of their descent to madness kind of the condition of the the house and everything yeah i was going to mention that earlier when we were talking about like the look of things um but like uh remember that part where he's got to empty out the the bucket the buckets of waste yeah gosh i my dad and i were so confused i was like why is he going so far to dump these out yeah i was confused too i was like what is that and i was like uh <sighs> well i knew what he was doing and i knew what it was but i was like why are you like trekking to the other side i mean i'm not saying he should have dumped him out on the doorstep but he easily could have just gone down to the beach and dumped him out like why was he going off to this random cliff to sh throw them as far as he could it was very he's, just, he's was a sanitary so guy he doesn't He's a sanitary dude. He doesn't want germs to be in his just, water supply. Just it, weird stuff like that. Like that goes along with the farting and like some some of the random things that they say that like don't necessarily have a big like um paranormal or like deep um thematic impact on anything. It's just random random things. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like there are a lot of funny moments. It's comic. It's comical. Like that one. There's that one scene where like he like Willem Dafoe gets super offended that he doesn't like that Robert Pattinson doesn't like his cooking, and then he like says this whole speech and like curses. Yeah, he has like a whole everything. soliloquy. Like curses him. Like make may, may Neptune come down and smite thee. Like yeah. Uh, and then like, Robert Pattinson was... was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Oh, have like it like, have it your way. I'll uh. I like your cooking or something like that. Yeah, so a bunch of like just funny moments like that, kind of mixed in with all the, the, more uh, anxiety-inducing moments. Yes. One interesting thing though about. Oh oh. Oh yeah. Uh, be before we get to, what about um, this is for Campbell guys. I'm just letting him know. Um, we're at like 50 minutes at the moment. Yeah. So, I wanted to mention. Um, we talked about some of like the imagery and the framing and um, some of the dreams that he, he had. Do you remember that frame when he goes up to the... I don't even... It was such a weird thing because I couldn't remember if it was real or not. But he goes up to the lighthouse and he find. You think he finds Willem Dafoe's character laying on the, uh, on the ground. But he picks it up and it's him. And then he turns oh, around. Yeah, and he turns around and, and he sees... Yes, that's a weird. That was a weird. And it's Willem Dafoe, and he's like naked, and his eyes are like the lighthouse. Yeah, and it's like shining. Yeah, that is a weird scene. And, and it almost like... looks like when it zooms out, and he's the way that Willem Dafoe's character's standing, and he's got an arm on uh, Robert Pattinson's character, and then Robert Pattinson's got, character's got an arm on like the other version of himself on the ground. It almost looks like a Renaissance, like a 
yeah renaissance well not not necessarily renaissance but like a um like that michelangelo like the the creation of man where yeah, it's like yeah. god touching uh adam i think i think that was based on some painting i don't know exactly what painting but it was yeah very picturesque that was an interesting scene i don't know what that means either um but uh well, i mean do you have any interpretations of that uh, i don't know obviously i think it, you've got to you'd have to do some research and exactly f and figure out what painting that's based on because obviously it's not just a visual it's definitely not just a visual connection to the painting there's definitely a thematic connection there i think there are is a there can be a lot of if you choose to interpret it this way there can be like religious um connections made between a lot of the events of the movie um we already talked about the light um but i think there definitely is something that has to do with like his power like the power of willem dafoe's character and that's why he's like the light and he's kind of like pictured like nude and kind of like um in like that position of like power over him and there's definitely yeah. something about like there's something about him seeing that might have been some foreshadowing him um lifting himself up over the like rolling himself over yeah like there's definitely that was definitely foreshadowing of like him being in like a lower position and maybe like explicitly seeing himself almost dead. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's a whole. I don't know exactly what the what it meant. Again, I'd have to look and see what painting it's based off of, which I'm assuming it is. Um, but I that, I, I wanted to mention that frame before. Well, I forgot about it because that was definitely one of the most interesting parts. So before we wrap up, I did read an article of an interpretation um, of the movie, uh -huh. and they kind of they they um, based it off of Greek mythology. Um, yes, and they based it off the story of Prometheus. Uh, oh, okay. Who, I can yeah, see so that. Prometheus is like the titan that stole fire and gave it to the humans, but then he was punished by. I think they had an eagle eat his liver out um, every day. Like they like hung him, or they they tied him to something, and then and an eagle would come and like eat his insides. But I guess that is similar to Robert Pattinson's character, who he's kind of obsessed with taking or seeing the light of the lighthouse, or kind of like that fire. And yes. then eventually he he it's too much. He falls down, and then he's eaten by seagulls. I think there's a very like a pretty That's clear. That's what it was. It was less of a Christian religious thing and more of a uh greek mythology kind of thing yeah a, yeah a myth yeah I, and i see that connection and and they they connected willem dafoe's character to proteus who is kind of like the all i think poseidon's the god of the sea but i think proteus is just a god of the sea who's kind of like um knowledgeable of all. to the regional manager <laughs> yeah sort of like the dwight to the michael but he's sort of um I think he's kind of in charge of like the tales or the um, kind of just the, the ways of the sea, kind of like how Willem gotcha. Dafoe is, is knowledgeable of the, the legends and the superstitions. Um, so, and, and that's why Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson often sees him as like either like a tentacle monster or as the mermaid. Like he kind of shifts between these different like mythological sea creatures. So he yes. could be kind of like a, a, a sea god or an embodiment of, kind of that mystical aspect of the sea uh-huh um yeah proteus i think that was that's cool yeah i, I was definitely uh, i couldn't put my f finger on it but i w i was definitely getting like a greek mythology kind yeah, of like yeah. vibe from everything um 
I'd have to look, I want to look at that frame again. Yeah, that frame uh, with with uh Willem Dafoe and he's he, the light his eyes are kind of like glowing and there's two rubber pants. That's an interesting. Yeah, I that, didn't Yes. Yeah. And it was very quick too. Like it yeah. just happened. Like he flips him over, all of a sudden Willem Dafoe's there and then it cuts back to like normal stuff just like all his other visions and dreams and hallucinations. Mhm. Mm yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think for uh, you if you want to give I have to say we can probably do rounding out um, statements if you don't have anything else big to say. Yeah, I think overall I, I really enjoyed it. I think engaging, that's the word like that we mentioned earlier, but it's a very engaging movie. Like you're always expecting something. So it's it's, Definitely. it's, it's a fun watch. And I think it's, uh, I don't know if they, I mean, there's not really a clear ending uh, or, the, I mean, no, there is a clear ending but it's kind of left up to your interpretation. So there's, it doesn't feel uh, definite, which, no. may be a, a, which may kind of be a downer for some people, but I think it, it does make it up, open for interpretation yeah. um, and a little more interesting. Like you, you can kind of sit and think about it. So that's what makes it an interesting movie. But yeah, and I think overall the, the technical part of it was really cool. The, the aspect ratio and the cinematography, the production design, just... Overall, it was a really neat film to kind of watch. Um, and I think it portrayed that Descent to Madness uh, very well. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, it's a really good one. I, I You basically uh, hit on all of it. So, um, again, we're glad to be back. Um, yeah. This is a very good kind of semi-premiere episode after our long break. And we've definitely got some more planned um for the future i mean if you think i realized this before we recorded our one year is coming up oh yeah i not think about that because we started in, in june, june of last year so that'll be coming up mm. next month so we've definitely going to be planning some uh big things another we're going to get another special guest episode soon yeah. um i know the last one we had was a while back so uh, and some of you guys have probably been waiting to get on here so um we got a lot like a lot planned so um, hopefully you'll stick with us and we're going to keep, keep making them as long as you guys are listening. So, uh, with that said, I'm Connor and I'm Campbell and you just wasted the last hour of your life listening to real geeks. If you enjoyed this episode of real geeks, please be sure to follow us on social media at the real real geeks for the latest news and updates. Also be sure to leave us a review. What things did you like? What things would you like to see in future episodes? Let us know and we'll be sure to take a look.